Welcome to Resilient Forward, a podcast created by Baguette Group to educate the public and promote solutions to Florida's most challenging environmental issues. I'm your host, Irela Baguette. I've been a longtime advocate of the environment and the economy. I invite you to join me every week as we showcase resilient solutions, feature innovative strategies, products, and services from prominent members of the business community, including industry leaders, advocates, and elected officials all engaged in developing and implementing resilient solutions in their community. With us today at Resilient Forward, we have one of my favorite people, Yoka Arditi Rocha, who is the executive director of the Clio Institute. And Clio is one of the leading climate advocacy organizations in South Florida and doing amazing things um, as far as climate literacy, engaging our communities at all levels, working with elected officials to low-income communities and just spreading the word and educating folks on what climate change is happening, what solutions are out there, and what everyone can do to mitigate the problem. So... I don't know. I mean, Yoga, tell me how you, how you got involved with um, and how you became a climate advocate. Like, what was what was your motivation to get into this field? Well, thank you, Irela, first of all, for having me. Um, I think this is such a great opportunity. Um, and I'm excited to be here and uh, to tell you a little bit of my story. Um, probably a lot of your listeners will remember this particular time, which was um, the hurricane season from 2005, which brought us Rita, Wilma, and Katrina. And I had just had my second, um, uh, my second son. Uh, he was uh, less than a year old, and we were, that particular season uh, resembled pretty much like the one we just had. Um, it was hyperactive, um, and we were batter um, hurricane after hurricanes. And I was a, a biologist by trade. I had earned my degree of biological sciences and um, always been uh, interested in nature, enjoy scuba diving, and I was always very connected to nature. Um, however, I was doing, I was in, in, in management and in sales in, in a totally different industry. But curious as I was, I started educating myself and, and learning what was happening to our climate. And... Um, I remember very clearly being inside a room of my house with my two kids and my less than a year old baby and my husband trying to be protected from the storms and listening to the tiles on my roof coming up. Um, wow. And I remember feeling that that terror inside of me that I had, n there was nothing I could do at that moment to really protect my family. And it wasn't until a few months afterwards that I re really connected the dots between um, you know, the extreme weather events that we were, we're experiencing now more than ever and, and what was how the climate was changing and what we as, as, as humans were doing to exacerbate the problem. And right there, I remember clearly looking out my window and seeing, you know, my big old SUV park outside and say, oh, well, I'm part of that problem. And you know, it didn't take me long to decide that I was going to be part of the solution. And I started getting educated, went back to school, got my master's in sustainability, started getting trained. And, 
just really haven't stopped since then. And I, I really feel that education is, is such a powerful tool because once we learn the science behind it and we see how everything is interconnected, um, we clearly understand what's happening and how we can all be a part of the solution. That's, that's great. And, and again, you know, this is what I love about Clio Institute. And full disclosure for all of my listeners, I s proudly serve on the board of the Clio Institute because I too believe that we all need to be educating ourselves at all levels and, you know, be part of the solution again, like you were saying. And, and there are many solutions to, to, to this issue. And climate change does cause a lot of um, challenges, not just sea level rise, which seems to be the thing that everybody wants to talk about, but also heat waves and these extreme weather events. We just, you know, experienced and look at what happened with Hurricane Florence and we're right smack in the middle of hurricane season right now. Um, talking about preparedness. So, so education is key. And um, I, 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 I'm very impressed with the work Cleo has been doing over the past couple of years. And um, talk to me a little bit about some of the, the highlights of the work that Cleo has done and some accomplishments. Sure. Um, well, we're very lucky to have you as a board member. And, and as you know, I, I'm very new to Clio and um, all the credit um, has to be given to uh, Clio's founder um, who nine and a half years ago got her uh, calling and, and her aha moment as well when she started learning um, all the troubling data coming out of the scientific community and decided to do what she knew best she knew best as a teacher she decided to to focus on education and um, and that would be Caroline Lewis and that would be Caroline Lewis, an amazing mentor for many people here in our community and recently named uh, by Time magazine one of the most influential people changing the south I may add so we're very honored and very proud of her and all the work she's done um, but but Cleo to, to go back to your question question it's it's a it's a it's probably the leading nonprofit nonpartisan science climate science based education organization with an advocacy and engagement component that that really tries to educate members of of our community from the top down and from the bottom up like you said we work with governmental officials and municipalities and mayors, but we also work with underserved communities. And we have several pro uh, programs in place that um, have um, outreach and educational um, uh, goals uh, in some of the most um, um, Undeserved. Undeserved communities yeah. in, in town. We have a, a specific program that we launched this year we're very proud of called Empowering Resilient Women. And we talk about how um, extreme weather events are, are really causing great impact in our, in our community. And this particular program looks to um, empower women to, to become great change agents because we know women uh, um, are at the center of the of being, of emergency preparedness. They're the ones going out there and, and buying the supplies to be ready for a hurricane. They are the ones um, um, taking care of the children, the elderly, they're the community leaders. They're the first one out there serving food when the power goes out. So it's important for women to be really empowered to understand what's causing these extreme weather events, how they can better prepare 
prepare for these events, um, how they can advocate for better solutions and, and, and better preparedness from, you know, from the city and, and government level. And at the, at the same time, it's important to know that women normally are disproportionately more vulnerable to these extreme weather events. So we are at the front of, of this particular crisis. Um, domestic violence goes up after extreme weather events and sexual abuse goes really? up. Really? Because of all the stress that's going on. And stress. And we, we have data coming out of Katrina, um, out of Puerto Rico. Uh, it's that um, frustration, aggression that gets really, um, that's really awful. Yeah. Yeah. Really I can, exacerbated yeah. By, by external stressors, whether it's lack of work or, or financial strains. And so climate change definitely affects women a lot more, uh, a lot worse than, than, than males. Um, that's our strong and I, I love the climate 101 because there's there are many workshops they're not long they're about how, how long are they they can be as short as 25 minutes all the way to an hour yeah so for corporations and businesses and you know even like elected officials and folks that don't really have a whole lot of time they're busy people these climate 101s are the best yeah, and because... we have one specifically for them called mm -hmm. lunch and learns where we do it while doing one while everybody's having lunch which is specifically to 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 the um, private sector and, and and to the public sector and it truly synthesizes the science in a way that oh okay i get it now i get why all these things are happening you know the ice is melting why that is causing sea level rise why these extreme weather these the, the heat in our environment is exacerbating a lot of these um, storms and, and events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people do not know. For example, we we know you and I know that we have places in our in our county that they experience sunny day flooding, and people just think it's just bad drainage. And sunny day flooding for those that's what we call it here. Um, they're king tides, or um, you know when the, the tides come up, and um, in particular areas, low lying areas and coastal areas um, seem to be the most prone to flooding and it could be basically sunny outside no rain needed and they're flooding so um, a lot of that's that's very important information that people are preparing right now we're I think we're getting ready for the next king tide mm -hmm. in a, the first week of October mm -hmm. um, is expected so we seeing city of Miami and city of Miami Beach are all you know informing their residents to get prepared and it's just preparing for something that's becoming a new normal and that is again the educational piece that it's so important so crucial for for our communities to be more resilient right and that there, that there are solutions there's things that we can be doing absolutely you know and i think there's things that people could be doing in in their daily lives you know people joke about about recycling and you know oh you know i can't you know i can't make a difference but i think we can you know Solar is something that, you know, is becoming much more popular than before and affordable. So, I mean, there are things that the actual individual can do. There are a lot of things that the actual individual can do. I mean, and, and we can spend a lot more than an hour discussing of the different type of solutions and, and low-hanging fruit, if you will, that many average citizens can do. But just by reducing your food waste, it's a huge impact on the environment, True. believe it or not. True. And that, well, most people don't right. know that. And buying local. Buying is local. Buying local. You're, you're, you're reducing your carbon footprint and, you know, walking instead of, you know, taking your car for two blocks. Absolutely. Things like that. But um, something that you're also very engaged in right now, and we're right now we're heading into, you know, an election. And um, there's something called the Florida Climate Pledge that, that um, Cleo is engaged in. And talk to me a little bit about what that means and, and why is this pledge important? 
Sure. Well, as part of our as our education strategy and our advocacy um, and engagement as well, we understand that um, the impacts of climate change are, are very abstract to, to many people. So if you don't have that science background, it's, it's important to understand a lot of the concepts. And um, climate change is it's a, a threat multiplier. And we wanted to create an educational campaign that would um, educate um, citizens and residents of, of, of many of, of the of their top concerns that maybe they don't associate directly with climate change, like health, their health, or their jobs and the economy, or is it in migration and displacement? There's, there are definitely a lot, you know, climate change and environment is not usually on the top uh, five voters' concerns. And we're um, a, C, um, uh, a nonprofit that is, we consider ourselves nonpartisan, but we wanted to make sure we give um, citizens the facts that people can make um, informed choices at the end of the day. Yeah, and even ask the elected officials how they feel about these issues and what their positions are on, on, on helping you know mitigate some of these problems that we're having and we're experiencing because of climate change. Give me an example of you know a tie-in that you know tying in climate and the economy, for example. Yeah, for example, let's talk about the um, uh, the algal blooms, for example, that are uh, so much in in the media lately for our fellow residents on the west and east coast of central Florida. Um, we we know that there are many industries being impacted by these algal blooms. And not only is it a public health issue because of all these um, algal blooms are producing very toxic fumes, but it's also destroying many industries like the fishing industry, like the tur tourism industry. Those are direct impacts to people. And property jobs. values. And property values. So it is, uh, mm -hmm. uh, like we said, a, a, multi a threat multiplier. Granted, it's not the climate change is not the sole cost of algal blooms, but it is an exas it's, it course, exacerbates the, the issue. Because as they move those waters um, out of Lake Okeechobee and into those estuaries, those waters are incredibly hotter than they were before. Exactly. And so, of course, it's going to exacerbate more nutrients, which that's what the algal bloom that's what creates algal blooms that's what they feed off mm -hmm. so for the blue and green algae we've seen a direct um, um correlation to the temperatures of the water the warming waters and for the red tie and the um, red algae we've seen a correlation with there's some studies that point out to increase levels of carbon dioxide into the waters right so all that extra carbon pollution we're probably pulling in, um, pumping into the atmosphere um, that is making our, our temperatures get warmer, eventually end up in our oceans, eventually warming our oceans, and at the same time making our oceans a lot more acidic. Um, and that those are, um, in specific to the red tie and red algae, that's the relation that increased levels of CO2 are, are making these um, blooms a lot worse. Right. So there you have it. And that's just one example of uh, what the Florida Climate Pledge um, education campaign is all about. There's many others. There's many tie-ins. There's even tie-ins to immigration. But, you know, we could, we could, again, be here all day talking about just one issue. And um, what I want to get into is solutions. And Clio has a, an event coming up where you, um, it's your annual celebration where we, we celebrate um, the accomplishments of the organization and those that support us and those that engage with us. Um, and it's coming up October 23rd. 
and we have a very exciting keynote speaker, world world renowned. Um, talk to us about you know a little bit about Paul Hawken, his book, and and what folks can expect to to hear. So we're very excited on October 23rd, we're going to be hosting our annual um, year celebration and it's our biggest fundraiser, but we're excited because this um, this keynote speaker, uh, which you mentioned, his name is Paul Hawken, he's the uh, editor and author of the Drawdown um, Project. And Drawdown is um, it is a, it's a New York Times bestseller. It has been named the most comprehensive plan ever to reverse global warming. And the name really says it all is draw down, drawing down the amount of carbon pollution and and greenhouse gases we have pumped into the atmosphere. Um, So they rank about 100 solutions available today. These are not new technology. Governments, cities, individuals can be doing today. um, And they're doing in rank, um, they're ranked in in order of... um, um, basically from the from the most um effective to the least effective and i just wanted to point out a couple ones from the from from the top 10 because um the, the number 3 is and we discussed it is is attacking food waste and number 4 is empowering women and girls so it's important and it's, it's a great book it really quantifies the amount of greenhouse gases um that can be reduced and they have different scenarios a, a very aggressive scenario a more moderate and a scenario and also a drawdown scenario um, but they cover pretty much everything from transportation to to infrastructure um, and construction from land management and 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 forest and um, reforestation efforts from um, refrigerant management, um, obviously scaling solar and many other renewable energies, but it's it's really detailed and and you can see it. Everything is quantified by the amount of gigatons um, that we would be able to uh, mitigate or draw down from 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 the atmosphere. So we're very excited to have him, and we look forward to his um, keynote presentation on October twenty third. And. To, it's a fundraiser, of course, and but there's but it's it's also a party reception. So there's going to be an open bar and music and lots of networking going on and beautiful food and a beautiful place. And um, if you're interested in um, buying a ticket and helping Clio and supporting the work that they do, um, go to their website. They can go to our website uh, and uh, log in into cleoinstitute.org slash annual celebration and there they can find the tickets or if they want to become sponsors um we have some sponsorship packages that are tax deductible because we're nonprofits, and everything goes into our funding our programs and we mentioned just a few of those programs but we have so many more oh that yeah you can find all that information on our website education is key um climate education is key and clio is the king i would say of mm-hmm. climate education but yes, we're very excited about this event. We're very excited about the work you're doing, Yoga. And I'm also, we're, it's, we're heading into October, which is Hispanic Heritage Month. And you and I are both Latinas in the environment. Pick up out. <laughs> working. And so I wanted to, you know, thank you for, you know, engaging in this work in both English and Spanish, because we have, and, you know, in South Florida, we're so diverse. And we have so many communities that are benefiting from um, a lot of your programs and the things that you're doing. So I just wanted to thank you for coming on the show. 
And um, as we wrap up again, we want to reiterate um, the, uh, the Clio's work and have everybody just jump on the website and check you out. Absolutely. No, but I wanted to reiterate, um, I want to invite to all your listeners to really reach out to us. Um, we are happy to speak to, doesn't matter how big or small the crowds may be. And Caroline always used to say, we talk to anybody that can that says hello to us. So we're always very, um, try to be as available as possible to, to, to come to talk to any type of audience or, or location and um and geographic location you as well. that's that's another thing i wanted to 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 ask you you just came back from san francisco from a from a the global climate conference tell me a little bit about what other folks are doing around the country i to me the global climate action uh, action summit was uh, a moment that that boosted my hope and 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 gave me so much more energy to do what we do um, so many stakeholders, some different groups from all over the world are doing so much. Uh, we see cities, really, cities have a step up to the plate and are leading the movement. Mayors from all over the world committing to renewable energy, to electric vehicle, to um, reducing emissions uh, from the construction and, and from um, transportation. And, and actually staying in the pi Paris climate Agreement. agreement. Yeah. So a lot of the, uh, I, I would be lying to you to tell you how many cities, but a lot of cities committed to, to greenhouse emission um, reduction schemes and plans. We've seen new coalitions come up, like a new co a county coalition of counties all over the United States committing to climate uh, reduction goals and climate action plans. Similar to what we're doing here with the with the Southeast Florida Compact, but um, they're doing this in a in a national way. So um, we also see you know extra funding coming in for for forest management, for ocean conservation, for um, new investment schemes to to fund some of these resiliency uh, much needed projects um, and. It could go on and on with no, all the No, I'm new. sure. And you know what excites me and, and every, you know, I mean, I preach this all the time. The environment is the economy. And a lot of these, um, a lot of these projects and potential, op are potential job creating opportunities, um, a lot of these sectors that are, that we're starting to see blow up like solar, like, um, you know, infra resilient infrastructure, coastal resilience projects, um, flood barriers, all kinds of, you know, companies that, that are just cropping up everywhere to come and help and solve some of these um, challenges that we have. I mean, the, they're all job generators. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's helping, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a cyclical um, effect, if you will, um, just a, a, uh, attacking, attacking the problem with real, real world solutions. Yes. And the, the, the enlightening and encouraging um, probably one of the biggest news out of this summit is seeing how many companies are stepping onto the plate because it makes business sense. Of course I mean, it the does. business case is made. And, you know, you see companies like Lyft and uh, you, uh, Lyft, Uber trying to commit to, to electric vehicle transport. Um, you see 500 Fortune um, uh, companies committing to renewable energy and, and reducing waste or zero waste. I mean, it's really encouraging to see how um, the private sector and the corporate world is it's aligning with um, all these targets and, and still maintaining the Paris Agreement goals. Because it, it makes sense and it's, it's, it's all about resilience. It's really preparing 
for the next storm, I always say, because it's, it's a trickle effect, if you will, but you know, always these storms are, are what's costing us. And also promoting innovation. innovation right, innovation and technology. Jobs. That's why, you know, when I, when I hear this doom and gloom and I see these, these articles in the paper about, you know, Miami underwater and in a couple of years, and, you know, it's, just, it, it's, it's ridiculous to me to see that when there's so much innovation and technology, engineering solutions, things that are coming up every day to solve a lot of these problems. And yes, of course, we're gonna be, we're gonna live here differently, um, but we'll still be here, you know? And so, you know, with that, I think um, I wanna thank my guest, <laughs> Yoga from Clio, the Clio Institute, and um, looking forward to continuing working with you and having a great party and hopefully raise a lot more money so that we can spread um, our educational efforts beyond South Florida and other parts of our state and in other states as well. Absolutely. Well, I thank you for the opportunity and I look forward to continue working with you, Irela. So thank you so much and thank you to all your listeners. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Resilient Forward. You can listen to other podcasts at resilientforward.com and follow us on Twitter at ResilientFWD. If you're interested in sponsoring our show or know someone who we should feature, please contact us. Remember, our environment is our economy.